Welcome to another episode of Doable Discipleship. I'm Doug Jones. I'm Jason Wheeland. You actually let me say my own name this time, or I think. Or are you Larry Wheeland? Okay, we've... <laughs> wow, you brought that up right at the beginning. Oh, I just want to... Cl- I'll clarify for the audience, in case you were wondering, my name is Jason. Yeah. <laughs> saying that as clearly as possible. We have possible. a new friend who is a fan of the show, apparently. The yeah. first person that's ever seen us and been like, hey, I recognize you from this show. Yeah. Which is really gratifying. It was, <laughs> it was shocking. And then, and then he asked for Doug Jones and Larry Wheeland, well, thinking that Jason's. And he said to me, "Doesn't he look like a Larry?" He said like, that. Not okay. really. Well, anyway, his name's Paul. Uh, yeah. So a shout out to Paul. Hey, Paul. Yeah, he's a spiritual maturity volunteer at uh, our Newport Mesa. Newport Mesa campus. Yeah. Yeah. He's our new buddy. Uh, so there's a shout out for you, Paul. So thank I, you for the new nickname, Paul. Anyway, what are we talking about today? I think we are we are shifting out of soul, which we just spent four great weeks talking about soul, three awesome interviews, one random conversation between the two of us. Yeah. And now we're uh, shifting focus to mind. The mind. Yeah. I don't have a cool song to hum to today. Hmm. I couldn't think of any mind ones. <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot of good songs about that. Not that I not that came to my head. Yeah. Or my mind. Yeah, uh, you're well-versed in this by now. Heart, soul, mind, strength. We've been talking through Mark 12, 30. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so now we've finally made it to mind. Yeah. You have one, don't you? Uh, that's what I'm told. And uh, I'm looking every... Let me <laughs> hook. I've lost my marbles. <laughs> I, oh, thank you. Good reference, Hook huh? reference. There you go. There we go. Anyway, uh, let's just put that all off. When we come back, yeah. we'll talk about the mind. Woo. You always say woo Do when I? I toss it back to Oh, well, you can edit it out. You don't need to keep... I really can't. Yes, you well, could. I might, I might be able to in that case. Yeah, you can put a deity, <laughs> you know, the intro tune over it. Yeah. Okay, okay, we'll, we'll do that. Anyway, let's talk about what the mind is. That's a good place to start. Oh, that's me. The mind is... It's <laughs> a good place for you to start. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Okay, so this is going to blow your minds... But the mind is, uh, it, it's what you think with. <laughs> start with, part that does start with as basic as you can get. So the mind is, you know, I have a few more points here, but first off, the mind is what you think with. We're starting low and we're yeah, working our way up. Exactly. The and then, so, so, so once you have that basis, then you think about like, it's your intellect. It's, it's where your smarts are, if you will. It's, it's, it's where you start, you know, are a learning and and gaining in intellect, if you will, and then it's also it's your ability to comprehend, and I think that's mm. a that's a big thing as we talk about is it's it's what leads to understanding. You think things through in your mind, you play it out, you think it out, mm. you, um, and you and ultimately, hopefully, it leads to comprehension. That occurs in the mind. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, but someone's probably sitting there going, "Wait, doesn't my brain do that?" This is where it gets interesting. Not that what you said wasn't interesting. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Disregard everything but you just actually, heard, but now is where, where they are. Uh, yeah, so similar to the soul, the mind is sort of semi-independent from the body. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, and we don't really, there's a lot about this that we don't know. This is an area of tremendous mystery. But there's obviously, there's obviously some relation between mind and brain because there are brain states we can see like when you think certain things the brain behaves in a certain way so there's like a there's a quantifiable element to that but we also know that biblically speaking there's a a point where the brain sort of 
falls off and becomes sort of unimportant in the game. So here's what I'm getting at. You don't have to have a body or a brain to have a mind. There are creatures that exist. There are beings that have a mind, but not a brain. I I think we would say angels are one of those. Angels seem to think and act and that sort of thing, but they are incorporeal, meaning lacking body. Incorporeal. Use your your intellect and get, yeah. (laughs) Uh, I'll go a step further than that. Oh, okay. As if that that wasn't far enough. I I love it. Let's dig this. Let's think of God. God, who is spirit, Jesus taught that very, very clearly. Yeah. So God, without body, still has a mind. That's true. So you can be brainless and not mindless. This is an important distinction. So like the soul, which is independent from the body, there's an aspect of mind that's independent from the body too. Interesting. It's true. It doesn't really affect what we're talking about today any further. But we didn't talk trivia. about this beforehand, so I don't have much more to add to this because I hadn't thought, <laughs> thought this through, but I like where you're going. Oh, great. Yeah. This is trivia. <laughs> it's true. It's interesting to me. You might not like it. Whatever. It's fine. It's totally fine. Why um, does the mind matter? That's a, that's a great question. You know, you could be listening and going like, wait a second. Why is this important? Yeah. Why is, you know, but it, it's obviously important because it's listed in the big four heart, yeah. soul, mind, strength. Mark 12 30. We talked about this. Yes. So, why does the mind matter? First off, you know, is the church has a rich intellectual heritage. It's yeah. not like we're just a bunch of people who, you know, don't care to learn, don't care to, to think, and it's just total, you know, um, whatever the opposite of that is. Yeah. It's, it, it's, if you look back through the history of the church, you can see all of these great thinkers, yeah. m- many of whom have influenced our culture, our, our heritage. Like, it's crazy. If I think about um, Augustine, mm. right? Amazing thinker, you know, you know, all this stuff. And he, he, that is, he is influenced by the Christian a tradition. Yes. So, and I'm sure that you could name a few others, but those yeah. that's the one that come to my mind. Uh, there are there, the list is is basically infinite, but the 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 big idea for me here is that Christians are not mindless zombies. Yes. We are not brainwashed, none of that stuff. If you're a brainwashed mindless zombie, you're not doing the faith right. Because yeah. Christians, <laughs> the, the Christian faith is an intellectual faith. And we're going to get deeper faith, into that. Yeah. It is not a faith that I heard a friend of mine say this one time, when we became Christians, we were not called to shut our brains off. Mm -hmm. Like, as a Christian, you must think. You're not called to think less when you become a Christian. You're called to think with the mind of Christ. And that is a very, very important distinction. So we're we're called to a renewing of the mind is a New Testament term that gets used a bunch. In fact, it gets used right in this verse, which I have the pleasure to read because it's one of my favorites. It is Romans 12, 2. You may have seen it coming. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Yeah. This is so important. Your your call to a renewed mind, not a... Ooh, rhyme coming. Here you go. Yeah, yeah. You're called to a renewed mind, not a subdued mind. Doug loved huh? that when he figured that rhyme uh-huh. out. Yeah. I forgot about that. I thought about that <laughs> earlier, and then I, I almost lost it. So, so the, we belong to a family of thinkers. Christians are thinkers. You do not have to. You don't. The, the Christian faith is not a faith for unintelligent people or brainwashed people like that. That's the point we're making. So, so the renewing of the mind is kind of what we're we're going for today. Yeah. And uh, one important idea is that renewal 
personal renewal really starts with the mind. We're, we're transformed by the renewing of our mind, the changing of the way we think. Uh, I'll read it. It's a pretty chunky verse here, but I think it's just so good. I don't want to shorten it down. So we're going to we're going to read Ephesians four verses eighteen through twenty four. It says, "Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against Him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned from, about Christ." Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So there's a, there's like this, we're seeing the dichotomy or the, 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 the two sides, the, the us pre-Christ where we're just governed by the the natural thinking of a man separated from God or a woman separated from God and being called to, to be changed in the way we think and thus in the way we uh, perceive and behave in life. And we're going to talk about... It's almost as if there's an order. It's almost <laughs> like there's a schema here. Yeah, here we go. Uh, why don't you kick us off with the knowledge to character thing? What's the word? Yeah. Progression. Flow, progression. That's yeah, a, probably a yeah. better one. Yeah. So um, at, at Saddleback, we um, we are intentional about engaging content and curriculum and all sorts of stuff and taking people through this progression uh, of knowledge to character. It's a five step progression, and it starts with knowledge. It's really it's 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 this idea of learning the truth, or recognizing the truth, yeah. and so it, it starts with you know. Reading the Bible, watching the small group study, listening to the message on the weekend, and yeah. learning the truth, hearing it, and, and that's the flow of knowledge that is that you're being imparted with. Yeah, yeah. You can't act on something that you just don't know. If it's hidden from exactly. your view, what, what can you do with anything like that? Yeah. yeah. So knowledge is where it starts. Yeah. It's the entry level. Next is the perspective level. So mm -hmm. knowledge first, then perspective. It's where we understand God's point of view. So not only do we understand things factually. But we begin to understand the why behind the what. We, we start to understand why God sees things the way he sees things. And we begin to conform our way of thinking to God's way of thinking. That's the step of perspective. Exactly. And, and then the third step, you could almost say, is the game-changing step. This is where it really takes hold, if you will. And that's the step of a conviction. So that's the third step. You start with knowledge, then it's perspective, and then it's a conviction. It's, I believe this now, and I am motivated by this truth. Yeah. And I love that word that you put in here on the on this note, um, motivated, because it's 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 not just the knowledge. It's not just something you know. You don't just understand. Okay, here's how God sees it. But it's it's the why of you know for me. It's yeah. the okay. This needs to spur me yeah. now into a certain action or a certain yeah. way to live or whatever it is. Yeah, I I feel compelled to do something differently because yeah. because this is how God sees things and because and I understand it. And this. I'm adopting it as truth, yeah. as belief. Yeah, yeah. great. Uh, next is the skill level. So recapping knowledge, perspective, convictions, skill, which is where you really begin putting this newfound perspective into practice. So I, kn I know this, I understand God's perspective on this, and, and now I'm starting to actually alter my behavior because of it. And I'm learning a new way to live in light of what I know. That makes sense. Yeah. So, so uh, there are all kinds of spiritual skills that help us to 
to develop it's, in the it's area the of doable. mind. It's all the doable stuff. It's really, yeah, I mean, really, this this podcast is about giving you skills to to, to do all this. Yeah. What's the last one? Uh, the fifth, the final, bringing us home, the a piece de resistance, if you will, is is char- I will not whatever is is character, which you may have already guessed because Doug called it the knowledge to character progression, uh, yeah. which I just now realized. <laughs> gave that up. So it's your character. So it's this idea that you know is you have gained this knowledge, you have seen God's perspective. It's become a conviction in your heart. It's you have started to live it out, to put it into practice, and now you have been transformed. You are now changed in your character by this truth. Yeah. Um, and that's a huge concept. Yeah. Yeah. I think one little caveat here, yeah. I think it's easy to see this because this is what human beings do. We like to go, oh, well, it's a five-step process. Yeah. Boom, 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 done. Yeah. But it doesn't really work that way. So so you, it, it doesn't, just like everything with spiritual growth, it's not like you just, you, you don't just <laughs> go through this linearly, but you, you actually go through this process in an almost infinite number of areas of life. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. you have to undergo this process of transformation all over the place and different habits of thinking and and old worldviews and all, all the old junk that's still rattling around in your head, all the old nature, the old you has to get dealt with. And there's like just so many nuances to that. So, and sometimes you have to relearn it, you know? So yeah. Exactly. It's, it's not a, uh, it's, it's not your checkbox. I've achieved yeah. this character. I am now complete yeah. in that. Yeah. It's not quite and how it, yeah. One more <laughs> added. Sometimes there are false summits too, like where you're you're plugging away on something like like Oh yeah, that's you know a good the point. old adage, you know, the 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 more you learn, the more you realize you have left to learn. There's an aspect of that to this too, where sometimes you'll you'll do this, you'll be doing these steps and you'll you'll be like, Yes, I'm cresting over into this new territory that I've never been in before and then you kinda of crest over the top and you realize, mm. oh, well actually I'm nowhere near the top. There's still now. I now Wait, I just what? know that there's all this additional stuff. I, I just built learn. the conviction. Yeah. Oh, now yeah. I still got more. Yeah. <laughs> so again, we just reinforce the idea of process here. That God's called you to a discipleship process, to a lifelong journey of mm-hmm. growth, and it's not a point A to point B kind of thing. It's just not that simple. Sorry, life's more complicated <laughs> than that, and so yeah. are you. We have this great verse that really um, kind of is a good. Um, add to this. So it's it's from James, James 1, 22 to 25. Again, a little lengthy, but all awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like a glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Mm, that's great. I know we're, we're, you, you may think we're talking like at the high level right now, but we're gonna, I promise we're going to wrestle this all down into the doable realm a little bit later. But we've got a little bit more to say on the mind because there's, there's kind of like two facets of that. So what we're talking mm-hmm. about, what we've been talking about up to up to this point is the renewal of the mind, the shaping and the, the like growth in the mind. Yeah. But there's also the flip side of it, which we, we could call guarding the mind. Mm-hmm. So just like, um, you know, in agriculture, farming or whatever, you, you, if you're, if you're trying to, to, if you've got a field that you're cultivating and you want to see a great crop, you have to do two things. First, you have to give inputs. So, so there's a, there are certain steps that you have to take to ensure the health of your crop. <clears throat> and on the one hand, you have to provide certain things like like sun and water and um, 
protection, you know, they, uh, get to the protection in a minute. You have to provide, um, what else do plants need? Uh, they need soil, they need fertilizer, all this, all yeah. the things that help a, a plant to flourish. So you have to give these positive inputs, but there's also some things you have to, you have to stave off. Mm-hmm. There are things that have you have to also protect it. So it's not enough to just give those things because if you just do that, you're not protecting your plants against things like, for example, insects that might yeah. devour weeds. And, and destroy them. weeds that pop up, all that kind of stuff, floods and that sort of thing. You know, rabbits. environmental conditions, rabbits. <laughs> oh, they're so cute, but so terrible. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think they're adorable, and so I always get mad when I hear people like, "Ah, get the rabbit off my lawn." And but Here's I understand it. I don't have I rabbits do. in my neighborhood, but. We have them all over the campus here. You do. And what I hate is walking through like dark parts of the campus at night, like after an event <laughs> on my way to my car, and I'll just hear the sudden rustling in the bushes, and it's yeah. just rabbits, but it just freaks What's you going out. Like, what, what do you it? think it mountain is? Mountain lion. I don't know. We have mountain lions around here. On campus? All the time? Not all the time. I've never heard of mountain lions on campus. Okay. It is it really be. that unreasonable? No, I guess okay. not. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, so there's there's the twofold thing. So there's the you're investing in the health by providing what's needed for good growth, but then you're also protecting against the things that will erode your cropper. Let's let's bring the analogy back home. That will destroy your mind. That will rot your mind from within. It's really important that we we have a twofold approach. Second Peter three one says, "I have written as a reminder to stimulate you to wholesome thinking." So, how do you protect your mind and make sure that your your thinking is wholesome? Because we, we, we have to touch on both things. We can't complete the talk just talking about how how to invest in your mind, but we also have to talk about how to protect your mind. You want to touch on that? Yeah, so it's kind of a big topic in today's society, right, is how do you pursue a pure mind in the modern world? Yeah. And uh, it's, it's... At least it's a big topic for Christians. It's a, I mean, that's a good point. It's, it's a big, yeah, a lot of people probably don't care. That's exactly right. But as Christians, yeah. we are called to care and, yeah. and we want to guard the mind, as Doug was just saying. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, 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 as we're talking about, is this is a really difficult time to do that, um, not just because of culture or whatnot, but because of, of technology and because of just the, you know, ease of getting, you know, uh, impure stuff in front of you. It's just, yeah. it's, it's, um, it's 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 more common now. Yeah. Um, it's not like you know, you don't just have to walk down the street in Times Square and see the random thing in the ad box and be like, ah, impurity. Yeah. You know, and it's and now it's as easy as on your phone, like yeah. in your pocket at all times. Is there's access to that kind of stuff? Yeah, it doesn't matter really how young you are. You can you can exactly. get sucked into that at a really young age. I mean, as a as a former youth pastor, seeing students deal with that over the years, it's it's really really challenging. Probably the hardest time, it, probably the hardest time in world history to for a for a Christian who wants to protect their mind yeah. to do so. Yeah, it's so it's important everyone. then to kind of have a strategy and to think about it. I I, yeah. I think that's the big thing is is be aware of the importance of this. Be you know. Yeah. Instead of just thinking, ah, I won't care about that stuff. That stuff yeah. doesn't get to me. You know, is you right. need to take the steps to fortify your mind. Yeah, you you cannot grow to Christ-like maturity and just let anything into your mind. No, like people think, well, I, yeah, I'm I'm like, I'm not susceptible to that kind of stuff or whatever. Like that's that's bogus. That yeah. is absolutely bogus. You can't grow to Christ-like maturity and just let any old garbage into your mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it will take its toll. It yeah. will have an effect on your growth. So so we need a proactive and a reactive approach. The, the analogy I like to use is, is like a nautical example. So uh, just like when you're out to sea, there, there 
can be at least two threats. So on the one hand, you're out there sailing, and there are these things called rogue waves, you know, which I think pretty, most people are pretty much familiar with those. Waves that come out of nowhere? Before. Just, yeah, those, those are just these giant waves that sort of get amplified out of nowhere, and they pose a real threat to ships because a massive wave can emerge basically out of nowhere and can have really destructive effects on a vessel. But then you've got, uh, then you've got the predictable stuff. So, so there's like a twofold approach if you're if you're out to sea. One, you've got to have a way of reacting to rogue waves that come mm-hmm. up. Uh, and so, for example, with when it comes to the mind, you've got to have ways of reacting when a thought emerges in your mind that ought not to be there, or when you're faced with a situation that you you know maybe couldn't have avoided. Now you have this issue of how do I protect my mind in this situation? How do I try to invest in a pure Christ? focused mind yeah. and still have this that just came out of nowhere. But then there's the flip side where if you're out to sea, you're also going to check weather patterns and you're going to avoid storms as you sail because you know if you go into these areas, you're going to be under threat. So the same is true with the mind. Mm-hmm. What are you, you know, what are you exposing yourself to in terms of media and, you know, what are you looking at on your phone and and all that stuff. And not only we're, we're kind of camping out on like the technology the side, but let's yeah. flip this, let's flip the script. Like what about uh, how you react to thoughts that maybe don't that maybe seem more innocuous, like um, thought patterns and uh, habits of thought, sure, habits of fear, habits of pride, habits of anger, the kinds of things that your mind might run to naturally mm-hmm. that need to be subdued. Yeah. So maybe it's avoiding situations that you know will, will cause you to stumble in those areas, or it's also... Uh, having a strategy to react to those things when they come out of nowhere. You know, some somebody ticks you off suddenly and you have an anger problem. You need a strategy to deal with that. How yeah. are you going to do it? Whether it's, you know, scripture memorization or something along those lines. Um, so we've got to have both. We're going to talk about some doable steps for, for that later on. So mm-hmm. again, we've talked about the proactive investing in a healthy mind. Now we've talked about protecting the mind a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. So now we want to shift slightly and just talk about some warnings about the mind yeah um and so so first off we want to start with this idea of knowledge and knowledge um is not an end unto itself and knowledge is not is is, is not the be-all end-all for knowledge sake it's not yeah. it, it's not the goal to have learned mm-hmm. as much as you possibly can be like i have i have achieved this yeah. that's not the goal and there's this great a verse that talks about this, 1 Corinthians 8, 1 says, while a knowledge makes us feel important, it is love that strengthens the church. Um, it's also, is this idea that knowledge just puffs you up. Yeah. Um, and so it, it all goes back to the doable action, is is how am I using what I have learned for God's glory? Yeah. Um, that's yeah, a, it's easy to wear yeah. knowledge as a badge of honor, but God, God does not want you to increase knowledge just to feed your ego. Yeah. He wants you to increase in knowledge because he wants you to be changed by it. So this is an important distinction. So it's not an end unto itself. Second, mm-hmm. cultivating the mind is about diligence, not intelligence. Um, you, you don't have to be a brilliant theologian to think Christianly and to develop your mind and to, 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 to think biblically. Mm-hmm. Um, Proverbs talks about this a lot, how, how you know, the wisdom that comes from God can make anybody wise. It says even the simple. Yeah. Like you don't have to be you don't have to be a genius to live skillfully and to live in light of God's word. You just have to be willing to obey. Yeah. There's this great quote from Oswald Chambers, uh, who wrote My Utmost for His Highest, one of the classic Christian devotional works. Uh, he says the golden rule for understanding in spiritual matters is not intellect, but obedience. So God wants you to know so that you will do, not just to know in and of itself. Um so 
So it's about developing habits that help grow your mind, investing in the health of your mind, um, and being diligent in that, not about becoming a genius. So, you know, like, well, I'm not a theologian, so I can't Neither have are those we. kinds of conversations. We're not either. <laughs> Just dudes. Um, that's great, yeah. So, and then number three is a, a neglected mind is vulnerable. And that's this idea that if you have not taken the time to learn and to grow um, in this mind category, then you are susceptible to anything anybody tells you. Yeah. It's this idea of swaying in the wind. You don't have the anchor, you know, mm-hmm. which is built in like, wait, I know this is true about God. Yeah. You know, I've learned, I've read the scripture, I've learned this. What you're saying does not make sense with that. Yeah. And so, um, and there's a great verse that goes with this too. Um Ephesians 4, 14 says, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Yeah. Not to use a cliche, but this is the old, if you if you don't believe in something, you'll believe anything kind of deal. Like, you, Well, that is a cliche that you just used. I introduced it as a cliche. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't use it with not joy. to use a cliche, but I'm about to. <laughs> okay, jerk. Whatever. <laughs> but yeah, there's real truth in that. If you don't have some bedrock that your life is built on, then you're, yeah. you're just gonna be blown around, blown everywhere. You know, like culture shows us now. Culture is changing so rapidly because we've chipped away at everything that culture was built on previously, it, and especially again. <laughs> Not to harken back to uh, technology, but like in the age of of Twitter, like anybody can just post anything. Yeah. And you see it. And if you don't have this sort of mindset that is built up and learned and grown, then you can just believe anything anybody puts on Twitter. Yeah. Worldviews are just flying out there. Like everyone's got their perspective and it's just going crazy. You know, they post it on Facebook and stuff and and it just, it sometimes is inflammatory, but, but also... It just it creates a world where there's a constant swell of messaging out there, mm-hmm. and there's no shortage of things that can pull you off track. So if if you don't if you don't establish your mind on these these time tested eternal truths of God, then you're susceptible to all kinds of of damage yeah. personally and and externally as well. Uh, here's another big one: an undeveloped mind stunts my spiritual growth. Mm. This is big. So if I don't learn to think like Jesus, I can't possibly hope to live like Jesus. If you want to become like Christ, but you want to think like the world, you're going to really, really have a trouble doing yeah. that. You, you cannot become like Jesus in your in your actions and at your core, at the character level, without thinking the way he thought. Um, and to be honest, Christians can really struggle with this one. Christians uh, sometimes lean too much on just old adages and stuff like that, and they don't think critically about life. They don't really develop clear perspectives on things. They don't develop the mind of Christ. Mm-hmm. Jesus had answers to the to the questions and the objections that people brought to him. Yeah. So when the hard questions are brought before some Christians of today, they're met with just confusion or some old cliche that's outdated and actually doesn't answer the question at all. So, so we sometimes as Christians just let other people do our thinking for us, and that's a problem. That's that's a major problem because if you if you have not firmly established your set of of beliefs and convictions, then you are you're an easy target, really yeah. easy target. 
let's see. First Corinthians 13, 11 says, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. So this is just speaking to the to the progression of growth in the mind that we ought to, um, if we want to grow to Christ-like maturity, we've got to develop our mind along the way. If we keep thinking like a child, we can't grow to maturity. That's all. Yeah, exactly. It's an important part. It's not a separate thing. It's not a, oh, I'm good now. I'm a Christian. Yeah. I can, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, no, it's, it's time to keep learning. <laughs> yeah. Um, and our last one of this list. Second it, to last one. Oh, Yes. There's a little one down there, I, I, but it's it, big. That's true. That's true. <laughs> a second to last one is a, a misled mind can be damaging to the church. And on this one, I'm actually going to start with the verse. Yeah. This is Galatians 5, 9 through 10 says, This false teaching is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough. I am trusting the Lord to keep you from believing false teachings. Mm. That's it's so important because if you're if you have a misled mind, as the point says, and and, and you start to sh- share those beliefs with others, and it, 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 it maybe they don't have have minds that have have been built up and grown, then it becomes this thing that starts spreading through the church. Mm-hmm. It becomes this false doctrine or false idea that gets taken on as truth when really it's not. Yeah. And it can really cause issues within a congregation. Yeah. If I remember right, the context on this verse is Paul's talking uh, to the Galatian church, and mm-hmm. he's dealing with the issue of some who are, are insisting, not to get graphic here, but that were insisting that circumcision still needed to be happening for new believers. So, yeah. so it was this, it was, a, it was a group within the church that said, no, it's not enough to believe in Jesus. You also need to abide by the old Jewish mm-hmm. custom of circumcision in order to to be accepted into the family of God. And Paul's saying, no, 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 no. Yeah. That's not what Jesus was teaching. <laughs> he said it's just like that. Truth. Yeah. No. <laughs> he was adamant about it. Galatians is a very it's adamant true. book. It's, I mean, Paul yeah. was spitting fire in Galatians. Um, but that's the idea, is that teachings can be, can be tweaked, um, passages of the Bible can be taken out of context, mm-hmm. and, and those kinds of twisted perspectives on the Bible can work their way through the church and actually weaken it. And and it also, it has an external effect as well, where it can sort of, uh, it sort of weakens the testimony of the church because it, it causes the clear teachings of the Bible to, to kind of lose their effect in culture because there's all these swirling interpretations which are completely bogus, yeah. you know? People take the Bible and use it to justify any kind of lifestyle, and it's just because of just blatantly bad interpretation, you yeah. know? So it happens all the time, and it's a big problem. It's especially bad when it's happening within the church. Anything to add to that? Uh, I always like to talk about how you approach the Bible. If you approach mm-hmm. it from a point of saying, God... What you have said is true. Um, I want to learn what you have to say, and I'm approaching it from a place of surrender, of saying, I'm not, I'm, I don't want to bring in my worldview into this. Yeah. I want you, you to be the focus, and you influence my worldview, not yeah. vice versa. A lot of people it take their worldview and look through that lens in Scripture, yeah. and that's where this can be a problem. Big problem. Yeah. Yeah, you are. There are those who, and this is what we strive to do, uh, who seek to conform themselves to what God has said, and then there are others who try to conform what God has said 
to their own desires. Yes, which is, is the a, whole point of that Romans 12, 2 verse. Yes. Do not be conformed to the patterns of the world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yeah, and what did you read earlier talking about uh, the uh, the teachings that are sometimes cleverly presented and uh, are, are presented so cleverly that they seem like the truth even though they're yeah, a lie. Yeah, that was the Ephesians That's verse. That's what people believe, yeah. do. That's what people sometimes do with God's word. So if you don't develop your mind, you're susceptible to this kind of stuff. Lastly, developing a Christian mind is a command, not a suggestion. You are called to do this. Jesus put it, as Jason said, in the big four. Mm-hmm. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. You cannot become like Christ without thinking like Christ. This is a command, not a suggestion. Let's end with some doable steps to help people uh, let's break it down into action. Yeah. All right. Um, so here's here's a big one. We have a course at Saddleback called Foundations, which I'm sure we've brought up at this at some point. Haven't we? I am sure that we have. Yeah. Let's uh, really do it now. But like, we're gonna really hit this just, hard. Yeah. Foundations is eleven core truths to build your life on, and it's written by Pastor Tom Holiday and Kay Warren, and it's basically a entry level doctrinal course mm-hmm. on on some big important truths yeah. like the bible jesus the holy spirit salvation uh a good and evil that's just a, a few of them and so you can join us at our next offering of foundations at lake forest we offer it uh a few times a year and at other campuses they have been offering it too so check in with mm-hmm. your campus um or if if you if you don't live in the area, then you can check out our live stream of foundations when we do it here at Lake Forest. Uh, so if you're interested in that, send us an email at maturity at saddleback.com and we can give you more information yeah. on our next uh, offerings for foundations and and what campuses are doing it and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. And if you just want to keep just scoping it out for yourself and spying, you can always go to saddleback.com slash grow or saddleback.com slash maturity. They'll both take you there. And you can look at the event calendar and see what foundations are coming up that way too. You can also access the live streams that way as well. Next, this is is one that I think is great. And this might push a lot of you beyond your comfort zone a little bit, listeners, you know, whoever. Uh, Listen or read an intellectually challenging book. Like, I, I rarely read with my eyeballs. I almost always listen to everything. I think I probably said that on the show by now. But Yeah, on, um, uh, on, on, on the notes contend, here, it says read or listen to an intellectual. I'm like, okay. Because all you auditory learners out there need some love yeah, from your boy yeah. Doug here <laughs> because everyone's looking down on you. People are like, it's not reading, and I object to that. Well, which It's, will, it's still getting the content. I'm going to get on listening. this soapbox, but another time. <laughs> This uh, is a so, podcast. So the point here is it. listen or read. Just say read because I, I still contend that listening okay. is still reading if it's a book. Uh, read a book that will push you beyond your intellectual comfort zone. Um, so so find a spiritual classic or find something by, you know, uh, like like Chesterton or Tozer or or Lewis or Augustine or it took you whoever. three people to mention C.S. Lewis. I was I thought and it I, that took a lot of willpower to push him down the <laughs> list like that. I'm sorry. Um, but but pick a book that will kind of take you beyond what you've already heard and learned before. Like one that will really like get you flexing your mental muscles a little bit and, and strengthen you. Read something that you don't fully understand the first time. Like read like I like reading a book that where I get to the bottom of a page or you know audio next page, track next track <laughs> and then I go man, I think I need to listen to that again because that was heavy-duty stuff, but I really want to comfort it, so I'll go back and hit it again. But read something that pushes you beyond your comfort zone because you, you just can't grow if you're just staying in all the same 
kind of like entry-level spiritual stuff, like push yourself. And don't be afraid if you don't quite get it all the first time. Read a great book that will help you expand your mind. Yeah, and on that, maybe find a friend to read with you, you know, so you can have a little uh, book club or something like that and, and can talk through, you know, a chapter that you read or listened to, Yeah, if you will. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great thing. Um, another thing, and, and this is kind of an off idea, is just make a list of questions that you have and follow up on them. Like, if there's something that you have been wondering about, like, ah, oh, I really have been, you know, interested in this, but I've never spent the time to look into it or whatever, write down a list of questions and then make it a point to start to research these. Yeah, or, or like if someone, like if a coworker asked you a question that stumps you, yeah. don't go, oh, I didn't like the way it felt to get stumped, and then just go <laughs> on with your life. Think, I'm going to write that down, and I'm going to I'm gonna go, and I'm going to take some time and research this. Yeah. I want an answer to that question, so the next time, this is, it's happened to me lots of times where I've been hit with a question, I'm like, what? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to go figure that out. So, so make a list and get back to it. It is extremely, it strengthens your faith greatly when you're hit with tough questions, and then you you go and you go to work on those questions, you find that there are brilliant, like, rational answers to the big questions and mm-hmm. objections against our faith. Like, really brilliant people believe what we believe, and they believe it for really well-founded reasons. And it's really encouraging to your faith when you start wrestling with those questions and finding out, whoa, these questions, not everybody is stumped by them. Yeah. <laughs> there are really good answers to these questions. So, so making a list of questions is a great, great step. Uh, next is Jason kind of touched on this with reading a book with a friend, but ignite thoughtful conversations with your small group or with just a group of friends. Have people that you will bounce these ideas off of. I know it's easy with a lot of friendships to just talk about the same stuff all the time. Talk about work, talk about school, talk about family, talk about whatever, talk about dating, whatever you talk about. Um, but I would encourage you to, to push the envelope on those conversations a little bit and say, what do you guys think about, you know, you're just reading the Bible and, you know, you're, say you're reading John chapter three and this passage of Nicodemus, like, what do you think about when Jesus said, <laughs> like, being born again? Like, what do you, what do you think is the imagery there? What do you think that means exactly? And, and dig into that stuff. I showed up, I've showed up to conversations before and be like, I really been thinking about what death is, and they're like, what? I'm yeah, like, it's a real well, good, I know, a party really, conversation. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, everyone's like, well, look at the time, <laughs> but I just ponder, like, well, what, what is that? Like, why does sin cause death? And Jesus calls the lake of fire the second death, and what does mm-hmm. that mean? And and I just so just kick off that conversation, and at first your friends might go, what? Why would I want to talk about that? I don't, don't talk about death necessarily. Like, make that your second or third conversation. Or give it a try and just see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> see how many friends you lose. Um, but what I'm saying is start a conversation, and I think you'll find that when you brought up something that you've been kind of pondering or a question that you've been struggling with, you might find that you've got friends who've been kind of pondering the same thing. or like, you know, I've always been stumped by that too. Let's talk about it. Or you might find that a friend in your group has got a really well-reasoned answer to that question, and then you grew from them and vice versa. And Anyway, have have conversations that are not just fun, just fun, but are fun and mentally stimulating as well. You can learn and have fun. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> PBS taught me. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, another great idea here is to, and this goes back to what we are talking about with guarding your mind, is to establish some protective boundaries. Mm-hmm. And that's an important thing to do in pretty much every area of life but it's just the idea that that you can't just let everything in into your mind and it's okay yeah. it's it's important to establish some boundaries because as Doug was talking about with the gardening example is 
is is and you want to keep some bad things out of your mind like there's it's there's no reason or place for it there yeah right there's no redeeming value for your growth exactly so and so that's something that it's kind of a personal thing for you to think about and just be like okay what should i just turn off and say you know i'm not gonna let this stuff through my eye gate or ear gate or whatever anymore um so it's a personal thing for you but it's an important a measure to take and it might be something that you can do with your family or whatever um is to just say hey here are some boundaries that i or we are, are going to establish in our life yeah yeah, which might mean accountability with a friend to say, mm-hmm. look, like I'm committed to, I'm committed to making sure I do not ever look at inappropriate stuff on the internet, and yeah. I need a friend to help me do that. Or I'm committing to, I'm just, I'm going to stop watching any movie that's rated R because sure. what good is that for my mind? You know, uh, that kind of stuff. So, so creating some healthy guardrails to keep your mind pointed in the right direction because this is an important aspect of just how how your mind works. You cannot unsee what you've seen. You cannot unknow what you know. Now, with time, those things can fade and that kind of thing. And the Bible even talks about like the washing of the word and how as we plunge ourselves into God's word, that it sort of has a cleansing effect on us mm-hmm. spiritually and mentally and that kind of stuff. So you can recover from that. But like men who are looking at stuff on the internet, dude, you are you are damaging your brain in a way that you you may not be able to reverse, yeah. maybe ever. So so think about what you're letting in. Um, because regardless of what you you may have talked to yourself into, it is having an impact on you. Mm-hmm. It's having an impact on the way you see the world, and it's having an impact on your on your intimacy and closeness with Christ. Big one. Uh, lastly, practice the skill of redirection and refocus. So, like when it comes to like those rogue waves, how do you how do you react? So, so there's a there's a mental discipline of redirection or refocus where you learn to. When a, when a certain train of thought emerges, you learn to direct your mind away from it. Um, I, I had someone explain it to me in a really cool way. My old senior pastor explained it in a really cool way. He talked about how you know your mind creates grooves over mm-hmm. time, and you have habits of thinking. And when a certain thing happens, a certain stimuli or whatever, you have a tendency to react using an old mental habit. Mm. And how it's important to start breaking those habits. So, for example, if you, if you deal with fear and anxiety— um, and, and that's a major problem for you. It's debilitating. A, a, a technique, and I'm not saying this is like the cure-all or anything like that because it's a multifaceted thing, but one way to to sort of to, 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 to kind of recover from that and start to think differently is saying, okay, when, when I'm faced with something that typically triggers my fear and anxiety, yeah. I'm going to choose to – I'm going to consciously choose to put my mind on uh, on a different path. Mm-hmm. I'm going to instead of instead of – going down that old path of anxiety and fear and thinking of what could happen and thinking of worst case scenarios and all that stuff, I'm going to instead recite this passage from God's word every single time. So instead of that, I'm going to force my mind to think about God's promises instead. And over time, you deprive one pathway and you feed another pathway and you develop new habits of thought. The same can be true with lust. The same can be true with, um, I don't know, absolutely anything that that yeah. habits in your mind. Yeah, I think just a great idea of refocus is is the idea that um of just engaging in a hobby maybe you know that you love i know in last week's episode with jim dobbs you guys had a great um a conversation about art and creativity and stuff like that it's just refocus your mind 
onto something different, yeah. something that fulfills you, yeah. you know, and I think, I think that, that that's a great way to do it is a that's hobby great. or a passion that you enjoy yeah. engaging that's in. That's great. Well, we're out of time. Yeah, we are literally out of time. <laughs> I had a good time talking with you. Thanks for watching or listening. We'll see you next time. If you're a podcast listener and you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. And if you're thinking, hey, listening's great, but is there a way I can watch these episodes? Yeah, there is. Subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for video versions of these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you're already watching us on YouTube, subscribe to the podcast so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question just might inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Doug Jones, and I hope you'll join us again next week.